I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom, I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Yeshua, the Creator of Heaven and Earth. This is part four of the series. Now, regarding this prism and what comes out on the other side of the prism as the light comes in, that it is taught by the rabbis that the rays of this prism are referred to as sephirot, and they teach that there are 10 sephirot. From the book, The Middle Pillar by James Trim on page 20, he explains, according to Sefer, or the book of Yetzerah, there are 10 sephirot. This is Sefer Yetzerah 1-4. What is a sephirah? A sephirah is, in a way, a filter that holds and transforms a certain part of this light into a particular force or attribute. A sephirah is the way that the creator reveals a part or an attribute or a quality of himself or his will in the creation. The light divides into 10 different gradations of its original emanation, each with its own qualities, characteristics, and actions. In looking at these 10 sephirot, also known as the sephirotic tree, it is regarded that there are three upper sephirot, and this is explained in the book The Middle Pillar by James Grimm, page 21. And these three upper sephirot are called da'at, or knowledge, also referred to as the cater, or the crown. Secondly, hakma, or wisdom. And thirdly, bina, understanding. These three upper sephirot are drawn from Exodus in chapter 31, verse 3, where it is written, And I have filled him with the spirit of Elohim in wisdom, and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. This explanation comes from the book, The Middle Pillar by James Trim, page 20. These three upper sephirot are also described in Proverbs chapter 24, verses 3 and 4, as it is written. With wisdom, a house is built. With understanding, it is established. And with knowledge, its rooms are filled. Now, there are three upper sephirot, but seven lower Sephirot. And this is explained in James Trim's book, The Middle Pillar, on page 21. And these seven lower Sephirot are called Gadula or greatness, also 
known as chesed or mercy. Number two, gevara, which means power, strength, severity. Number three, tefaret, which means glory or beauty. Number four, netzach, means victory or splendor. Number five, chod, which means majesty. Number six, kol, which is the all, also called the yesod or the foundation. And number seven, machut, which means the kingdom or kingship. Now these seven lower sephirot are drawn from First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 11 where it is written, Yours, O Yahweh, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Yahweh, and you are exalted as head above all. This is explained in the book The Middle Pillar by James Trim, pages 20 and 21. Now, looking at the Sephardic tree, it is regarded that there are three pillars of these ten Sephirot, and these three pillars are called the Godhead. The ten Sephirot are arranged on a chart known as the Tree of Life, under three columns known as the three pillars of the Godhead. To look at a pictorial representation of the ten Sephirot as the Tree of Life, we have the following picture for you to show you this. Now, these ten Sephirot being referred to as the tree of life, we can connect this with the Torah, which is called the tree of life as well. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 and verse 18, it is written, My son, forget not my Torah, but let your heart keep my commandments. She, that is the Torah or the commandments, is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her and happy is everyone that retains her. We can see how the Torah is the tree of life from Revelation chapter 22 verses 13 and 14 as it is written. Yeshua says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandment that they might have right to the tree of life and they enter in through the gates into the city. Now let's look at the meaning of Torah through a pictorial understanding or you might understand this to be the sowed explanation of what is Torah. Now, Hebrew is read from right to left, and Torah has the letter Tav, then Vav, then Resh, then He. And anciently, Hebrew is meant to be a, a picture language. So each of these letters are associated with a pictograph which has a particular meaning. So we have here a chart for you of the different Hebrew letters, their pictograph meaning, and the explanation of them. So if we take the word Torah and if we look at the meaning of the letters from left to right, on the left we have a He. And He in Hebrew has the meaning of lo or behold or, or draw yourself and pay attention to what you're being shown. Then you have the Resh. And the Resh in Hebrew means a head or that which is first can be referred to a person. Then we have the Vav. And Vav in Hebrew means a nail, a peg, a hook. It means and. And then we have the letter Tav. And Tav means a mark, a sign, or covenant. And so if we then give to you the pictograph meaning of Horah, we would have the following. And we're looking at the pictograph meaning from left to right. And it would communicate the following message. He meaning behold. Resh meaning head or a man. Vav meaning nail. And Tav meaning mark or covenant. So behold 
Behold the man nailed to the cross. Behold the man nailed and is nailed because of covenants. And so we can see that Torah itself is referring to the Messiah dying on the tree. The rabbis teach that the Torah in creation became physical. From the art scroll of Genesis in the introduction on page 43, they explain, with the event of creation, the Torah, which is the word of God, assumed physical garb, just as the soul clothes itself in a human body to assume earthly life. So we have this principle that the Torah becomes physical. Well, this is what's explained in John chapter 1. We're in verse 1. It is written, in the beginning was the word, the word is the Torah, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Yeshua is the word. He is the living Torah. Since the Torah became physical in creation, then the word, the living Torah as well, became flesh, became physical, and dwelt among us, as we're told in John chapter 1 in verse 14. This is consistent with Hebraic thought and teaching regarding creation. In the book, Anticipating the Redemption by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson, volume 1, page 44, he explains that the Torah is like or resembles man. From the verse in Numbers chapter 19, verse 14, this is the Torah, a man, that the Torah is likened to or resembles man. We are now going to look at the 10 Sephirot in the context of being three pillars of the Godhead. And this explanation comes from the book, The Middle Pillar by James Tram on page 23, where he writes, the 10 Sephirot are arranged on a chart known as the Tree of Life. The Tree of Life is also a term for the Torah. And they are under three columns known as the three pillars of the Godhead. Now, because the Sephirot are meant to teach the attributes of God, in human terms, those attributes have male and female characteristics. And the masculine aspect of the Godhead is often called father, while the feminine is often called mother or the ruach. And the reconciling of these two in between is called the son of Yah. We take the ten sephirot of the sephirotic tree and represent them as three pillars, where one pillar refers to father, another mother, and another son, that the attributes that are associated with the son, that those attributes are numbered one, six, nine, and ten. And if you add up those attributes that are associated with the middle pillar or the son, it adds up to 26. And 26 is the numerical value of yod Hey vav Hey, giving you a connection that the middle pillar, the son, is associated with being yod Hey vav Hey. Pictorially, it would look like this. We have the three pillars and those attributes that are associated with the one pillar is three, five, and eight. The other pillar, two, four, and seven. But the middle pillar called the son of Yah, its attributes have the numerical value of one, six, nine, and 10, or 26. From the book, The Middle Pillar by James Trim, page 45, he explains, the middle pillar is made up of the Sephirot Cater, which is one, Tiferet, which is six, Yesod, which is nine, and Malchut, which is 10, which perfectly balance the feminine and masculine characteristics of the father 
father and mother or masculine pillar and feminine pillar. This is significant because those attributes 1, 6, 9, 10 add up to 26, which is the gematria or the numerical value of Yahweh, yod Hey vav Hey. The middle column expresses the other two columns in perfect harmony. And once again, we see that it adds up to 26. Therefore, it is the invisible image of Yahweh. The middle pillar represents the invisible image of Yahweh. And this is explained in the book, The Middle Pillar by James Trim on page 23. Now, this is what Paul is communicating to us, this concept, this principle in Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 and 16, as it is written, who is the image of the invisible God, the invisible God being Ain Sof. The image of that invisible God is the middle pillar of the Godhead, who is the firstborn of every creature. For by him, that is the image of the invisible God, by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Next, we're going to look at a pictorial representation of the ten sephirot as a man. The Torah is likened to, or the Torah resembles a man. The Torah is the tree of life, and the Torah became physical at creation. And so we express this concept then as it relates to the ten sephirot. And so if we take yod Hey vav Hey, and if we write it or express it vertically, the Yod is going to resemble the head of a man. And then the He is going to represent the shoulders and the arms of a man. The Vav, the, the trunk or the midsection of a man. And then the He is going to represent the legs. We can see a color graphic of this in the following way. How Yod, He, Vav, He written vertically is going to resemble a man. Next, we're going to look at the Godhead as an expression of Adam Kadmon. And this is explained in the book by James Trim, The Middle Pillar, on page 59. The Godhead, which we have discussed in detail in the previous chapter, is manifested not only as the tree of life, but also as Adam Kadmon. According to Genesis, man was created in the image of Elohim. This image of Elohim was a manifestation of the Godhead, which served as a model for Adam. Adam Kadmon simply means before Adam, and it refers to the image of Elohim after which Adam was created. In the book, The Middle Pillar by James Trim, on page 61, he explains, Thus, the son of Yah, that is the middle pillar of the Sephirotic tree, is not just the tree in the Sephirot. The middle pillar, the son of Yah, is Adam Kadmon, or the image of Elohim. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, it is written, Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Messiah, who is the image of God, referring to the image of Ein Sof, should shine unto them. Now we look at Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, where it is written, God, referring to Ein Sof, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, who, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, Adam Kadmon. Now, Adam Kadmon is in the likeness of 
of a man. In the middle pillar by James Trim on page 62, he explains, the Adam Kadmon was the likeness, like the appearance of a man, which Ezekiel saw upon the throne in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 26. In his Merkavah vision, or the vision of the divine throne chariot. Now, these 10 sephirot as three pillars of supernal light, they're represented this way. From the book, The Middle Pillar by James Trim, page 26, he explains, the three columns of the tree of life chart are known as the three pillars of the Godhead. These three pillars or columns correspond to three supernal lights. The Zohar describes the three pillars of the Godhead as follows. Then Elohim said, let there be light, and there was light. And Elohim saw that the light was good. Why, it may be asked, was it necessary to repeat the word light in this verse? The answer is that the first light refers to the primordial light, which is of the right hand and is destined for the end of days, while the second light refers to the left hand, which issues from the right. The next words, and God saw the light that it was good, Genesis chapter 1 verse 4, refers to the pillar, which standing midway between them, unite both sides, meaning the middle pillar. Therefore, when the unity of the three, the right, the left, and the middle, was complete, it was good. Now, in the Zohar, they refer to this middle pillar as the Son of Yah. And as referred to in the book by James Trim, The Middle Pillar, page 44, quoting from the Zohar 2, 115, Better is a neighbor that is near than a brother far off. This neighbor is the middle pillar in the Godhead, which is the son of Yah. Now, there's a term for this middle pillar, and the middle pillar is called Metatron. From the book, The Middle Pillar by James Trim, page 29, he explains this middle middle pillar of the Godhead is also known as Metatron, or the son of Yah. And from the Zohar 3 the middle pillar of the Godhead is Metatron, who has accomplished peace above according to the glorious state there. In describing Metatron, which is the middle pillar of the Godhead, Metatron is associated with light. And this is presented in the book by Rabbi Zavi Nasi in 1863, his book entitled Plurality in the Godhead or How Can Three Be One? Referring to the Zohar, he writes, and God said, let there be light and there was light. Genesis chapter one, verse three. Let there be light. This light is the great God. And God saw the light that it was good. Genesis chapter one, verse four. This light is the middle pillar in the Godhead. With this background of understanding creation and how the creation is then associated ultimately with the ten sephirot and these things are associated with the concept of light and Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 and verse 4 where it says let there be light and there was light Yeshua state in John chapter 8 verse 12 then spake Yeshua again in them saying I am the light of the world he that follows me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life John chapter 9 verse 5 as long as I am in the world I am the light 
light of the world. Let's summarize what we have learned in this teaching. We have learned the following. Number one, who we understand and refer to as God the Father, he is explained as being ain sof or without definition. And it is taught that no one has seen God the Father or ain sof at any time. That is because number three, God the Father dwells in light that no man can approach, which is mentioned in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16. Number four, Ain Sof, the one who is without definition, reveals himself to the physical world through the ten sephirot. Number five, Yeshua is Elohim and Yahweh. Number six, Yeshua is the visible image of the one without definition, or Ain Sof. Number seven, Yeshua is Adam Kadmon, or the image of Ain Sof before Adam. Number eight, Yeshua is the son of Ain Sof. Number nine, Yeshua is the Jewish Metatron. Number 10, Yeshua is the middle pillar of the Godhead. Number 11, Yeshua is in the bosom of the Father, as was explained in John chapter 1, verse 18. Number 12, Yeshua created the heaven and earth. Number 13, Yeshua is the light of creation. Number 14, Yeshua is the light of the world. So we've given you this teaching to give you the Hebraic background of understanding what is written in the Brit Hadashah or the New Covenant in John chapter 1 verses 1 through 5 and verse 18, as well as Romans in chapter 1 verses 19 and 20, as well as Colossians in chapter 1 verses 15 and 16 in Colossians chapter 2 in verse 9. And finally, this teaching helped explain Hebrews in chapter 1 verses 1 through 3. So in sharing with you the Hebraic view of creation, the one who we understand as God the Father is described by the rabbis as being Ain Sof or without definition. And Ain Sof, he reveals himself to the created world through one who is the expressed image of Ain Sof. And we understand the one that is the expressed image of Ain Sof is Yeshua the Messiah. And the one that is the expressed image of Ain Sof is the one that created the world. And the world was created in Genesis 1.1 using the term Elohim. And Elohim Elohim is a term that describes attributes or characteristics of Ain Sof, and it's a term that is used to reveal Ain Sof to the created world or to the finite world. So given that the rabbis do not teach that Ain Sof created the heavens and the earth, but it was the light of Ain Sof that created the heavens and the earth, and and it was the expressed image of Ain Sof that created the heavens and the earth. The expressed image of Ain Sof is of Ain Sof. Since Yeshua is the expressed image of Ain Sof, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15, he therefore must be Yahweh. And so in sharing with you this teaching on explaining the creation, we have shared with you that Yeshua is the one that created the heavens and the 
earth. John chapter 1, verse 3, Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, and Hebrews in chapter 1 in verse 3. And this is consistent with the Hebraic view of creation. So this is the conclusion in explaining from a Hebraic perspective that Yeshua is Yahweh. Well, that's going to conclude part four of the series on the subject, Yeshua, the creator of heaven and earth. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.